Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment while we bring on the Facebook peeps. Make sure we're all together here as we dive into the latest Broncos topics and... We are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, this isn't exactly Bronco-related, but it's it's arguably – well, not arguably. It's the biggest news of the day with regard to the NFL. Urban Meyer finally took the leap. He finally – succumbed to the flirtations and overtures of NFL owners, and he's going to the NFL. He accepted, for those of you who missed it, the former Ohio State head coach, former Utah Utes head coach, who has had nothing but success everywhere he goes, is now the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. No one could have predicted it until just recently. I mean, honestly, very few people saw this coming. But, Zach, my question to you is, how could this, considering the fact that Ohio State – Justin Fields, everyone just assumes it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, number one. How could this affect the top of the draft? And then subsequently that trickles down to the Broncos at pick nine. I don't think uh, this is going to change the number one overall pick. I understand the allegiance to Ohio State and the connection there with Fields, but uh, Urban Meyer, to be to be the head coach of this franchise, number one overall pick to come in and to not take the consensus number one quarterback to pass on a quote-unquote generational talent like Trevor Lawrence, he'd be run out of Jacksonville with pitchforks if that happened. It's not going to change that. I do think Fields, though, for anyone interested or wondering, I think he falls in the top ten. I think number two overall is not going to be Justin Fields. It will be Zach Wilson. How much of a hot take that is, I do not know, but I'm not high on Fields. I don't think he should be even the second quarterback off the board. Certainly not. Number one, though, the Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, that marriage, that's what drew him partly to Jacksonville. This in the green, the money, having all that cap space and having personnel control, but working with the next, you know, the superlatives, the next Andrew Luck, the next Peyton Manning, the, the Trevor Lawrence coming into Jacksonville, that is a draw. And that's why he's the coach of the franchise as of now. Man, I'm, I'm wondering what kind of money this dude commanded. I haven't been on Twitter much today. A lot. <laughs> I, I mean, do you think he do you think he cracked into Gruden money? 
I mean, Shad Khan's got coin, dude. This is a yeah. this is an owner that's a relatively you know new to the to the NFL brotherhood in terms of you know uh, being an owner, but that, the dude has some deep pockets. I'm going to say he got at least six minimum, and I'd say you know I'd venture to say maybe eight, maybe a little more. I don't know about ten a year. Gruden got that because it was a hundred million dollars over ten years. I'm sure that's a five or six year deal, but. Made some serious coin, uh, number one overall pick, a lot of cap space. It's a cushy job, Chad. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's any specific details out yet on the structure or value of that contract. We only know the term, six years. What's up, Albert? Yeah, man, it's it's just really interesting. I know uh, you don't think there's any way, shape, or form Trevor Lawrence uh, gets passed on by this team, but it's a wrinkle. It's, it's something to consider because – you know, the ties to Ohio State, I'm sure he's got a pretty good understanding of Justin Fields. I mean, I can I can look here. Let's see. Let me let me just look at one last thing here. I'm going to serve this over to you. But I mean, I don't know, man. He's he's a guy, though. Here's the thing to consider, Zach. Who would pass on Andrew Luck? Right. Who would pass on Peyton Manning? Who would pass on John Elway? But at the same time, Urban Meyer has always kind of been a outside the box type thinker like this is a guy that kind of you know goes his own way marches to the beat of his own drum well it's because for every Pete Carroll a coach who made a, a successful transition from college to the NFL there's 10 more Nick Sabans who are just well more cut out for college and recruiting and being in that environment and not working with multimillionaires and adults and grown men I think Meyer will do well there, but it's who he hires for his coaching staff, how he fills that out. If he goes to the Ohio State well and the college well, it's not going to serve him well, you know, pun intended. He has to hire people from within the NFL already and surround himself with a good staff. I think he'll have success there and with the right quarterback under center and Trevor Lawrence. All right, so a couple things to consider real quick. Bear with us one sec, guys. We're going to get right back into, into Bronco talk. This all affects the Broncos, by the way, so bear with us here. Uh, whoops, that's the wrong one I wanted to show you guys. One second here. Um, let me show this Justin Fields. So just to show you the timeline here, all right? He was not uh, recruited by Justin Fields, all right? Was not recruited by Urban Meyer, all right? When Urban Meyer went out the door following the 2018 college football season, he was uh, he was just coming out from being a Georgia Bulldog. Was was Fields Ohio State for for Fields didn't start. It looks like I'm trying to make sure I read. I'm reading this right. 2019 Zach. If I'm not mistaken, I'll double check that. But so maybe there isn't much to the fact that you know there being a, an Urban Meyer Justin Fields tied. It, now if he had recruited the kid, if he had in some way, shape, or form influenced the Buckeyes getting Fields, I might be a little right. bit more inclined to listen to some of the tinfoils out there. Yeah, I mean, there's not much of a direct connection there. It's almost like a third-party connection, and it's not enough to take such a drastic maneuver of passing on what's you know the surest thing in this draft class as far as quarterbacks go, a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. I just don't see any way to – even if you would have coached Fields personally, you have a chance to draft the consensus number one pick. Fields is not even the consensus number two. So I, there's literally, in my opinion, zero chance. Literally the number one auto pop when you start typing Urban Meyer on Google is did Urban Meyer coach Justin Fields? I bet, yeah. Anyway, well, guys, we actually do have a lot to get to today in terms of George Payton. There was a really interesting news uh, presser today, Vikings GM and Payton's former boss, uh, the godfather of his son, Bo, 20-year partner basically in the scouting, in the scouting world, Rick Spielman, 
made himself available, gave Denver media, gave us some 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 of his time, and and uh, he was very insightful. We learned a lot about George Payton, and it was crucial because you know for us again when it's a when it's a secondary or third guy away from the big chair from an outside team, you don't typically know much about these guys, even in media. You know, it takes them being brought into the spotlight for you to kind of get a a beat on who some of these guys are. And in George Payton's case, Zach, I'm sure this will change. I'm sure we'll get it soon. There hasn't been the big uh, get-to-know-George-Payton press release capsule that we get from the team, just like when Vic Fangio was hired. And there's just so much deep-dive good information in there. You can build story after story. You get a firm understanding of who this guy is. We don't have that yet for George Payton. So Spielman spoke today. It was very, very uh, illuminating. Based on what you saw, what was the number one thing that jumped out to you from what Spielman had to say about his good friend and former lieutenant? I think the intimation from Spielman, and he was kind of guarded as well, not really revealing the way they think with the Vikings or how Peyton operated as the assistant GM there, which I understand it's a competitive disadvantage, but he made the case that George Peyton really is finally ready. And he, he looked at this opportunity not as a uh, a stepping stone or an obligation or something he was strong-armed or talked into doing. It's a, a leap he wanted to make, and if Spielman, it was his mentor, he feels his mentee and George Payton is ready. So I like that he got, we got the recommendation, we got the seal of approval, um, and, and it, some incentive is George Payton as to why he took the job as well. We wondered why did he turn down the Browns last year? Why did he come to Denver this year? Why not stay in Minnesota? I think w- how he explained it and how he thinks and how analytical and how hard he works. He also mentioned Spielman, Chad, all the different various aspects that uh, George Payton did in Minnesota. And it's, it's amazing how much one human being can manage all that work and all that responsibility and not just manage that, but destroy it that in a positive way, crush all of that and build a consistent, not wouldn't say title contending team, but a playoff contending team year after year. So I like the way Spielman framed George Payton as someone, no BS, nothing's ever handed to him, no cronyism, no nepotism, a guy who's worked hard and paid his due and finally got his chance and he's going to succeed with it. There was one very, very, very interesting takeaway that might give us a hint in terms of what George Payton's philosophy with regard to the NFL draft might be that Spielman dropped today. And maybe he wasn't, you know, it might have been a Freudian type of slip. I doubt it because he's a very intelligent man. But uh, it kind of clued us in. We're going to get to that as soon as we finish this, these matters of business. But remember, gang, tonight is the Mile High Mailbag. All right. We are your football priests. And each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. So we're going to try and be as uh, comprehensive as possible, as democratic as possible. Get them in. We'll try and, and stay on top of it. We'll be as as on point and, and um, you know, I guess brief as possible to try and get to as many people. So bear with us one second. First, we do have to take care of some matters of business, though, starting with the sponsor of tonight's live stream pod, sportsbetting.com. If you are looking to make watching your favorite sports, whether it's college football or uh, the NFL playoffs, whether it's basketball, whether it's hockey, if you want to make that a little bit more interesting, sportsbetting.com is your no-brainer destination for online gambling in Colorado. Here's why. You get the sharp odds and low juice. Okay, They have their own in-house bookmakers. That means they're not third-party providers of odds. That, that results for you in reduced juice better prices. You also get hassle-free bonuses, which you get to roll over after using it one time, as opposed to some of the other betting sites out there 
you got to bet it, use it five to 30 times before you can actually cash it out or utilize it. And then number three, 24-7 live customer support, always a real person in the United States. But the kicker is this, gang, right now, after you make your first deposit, sportsbetting.com will double your deposit up to 300 bucks. That's $300 in free bet credits. Plus, right now you got the NBA season tipping off. You also get $25 in free bet credits there. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. Capitalize on up to $300 in free bet credits. Start 2021 off on the right foot. And we've been telling you the last few days that the uh, previous $750 match, that that was going away soon. So for those of you who are inclined to uh, make your sports watching a little bit more interesting, utilizing online sports gambling, we hope you capitalized on sportsbetting.com, their offer there. So, all right, a couple quick things. I'm not going to spend as much time on this real quick. Follow on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, at MileHighHuddle, at KelbermanNFL, at Chad and Jensen, at John K, MHH. Check out the merch store, HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat, get a T-shirt, get a face mask, a hoodie, little little something-something to help support the cause and uh, help support the brand. We appreciate you guys. And also, a reminder, Zach, we're sitting here on a Thursday. Count them. Friday 1, Saturday 2. We're three days away from Episode 2 of Kelberman's Corner. Zach is cooking up a very hot take. It's going to hold water. But if you want access to that episode that's going to be on Facebook only, you got to go right here. You can see it in the banner. Facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. That'll take you right to our page, and there's the big blue button that says become a supporter. You click that. You're in like Flynn. You follow the steps. You're in the club. You're in the tribe. And even those of you watching right now on Facebook, you can scroll to the bottom where you would put in your comment. There's a little green uh, icon. You click that. It'll take you through the process as well. Kelberman's Corner is just us scratching the surface on the type of content we're going to be providing to our Facebook supporters in 2021. And it's going to be fun. We're just getting started. So check that out. And don't forget, guys, these three things. Number one, subscribe. We really, really appreciate it. If you subscribe on YouTube and Apple or wherever you're listening to the podcast. Number two, very, very helpful to us if you like this video on YouTube and Facebook. Very helpful. Number three, if we're doing a good job, we ask that you share this out there. Share this video out. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. All right, John, what do we got? Let, let me grab uh, Mohammed here. Appreciate that. Uh, super sticker, my friend. We call him the MHH Mel model around here for a reason, because when he sent in his selfie repping the, uh, the, the swag he got off huddleuppod.com, 
man, he did it. He, he staged it. It was like you're flipping through a, an apparel magazine and you see Muhammad Badri rocking the MHH. But man, this guy is just solid, man. Superstars that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Mo, for your continued support. And it's always nice seeing those super stickers, Chad. Kenneth Booker, love you, my friend. Appreciate you, my friend. And by the way, if you'd ever want to come on the show, let us know. I think it'd be fun to get a chance to talk to you. You have uh, pretty comprehensive knowledge of the issues. You seem to know your stuff. I think it'd be safe for us to bring you on and pick your brain on some of these issues. So if that's something you'd be down for, be interested in, send an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and we'll, uh, we'll see about setting that up. But appreciate you, Kenneth. He says, should we try to restructure Vaughn's contract to less th- annually? Uh, hold on, let me do that again, the syntax. Should we try to restructure Vaughn's contract to less annually, $14, $15 million, but more than the original contract if certain stat requirements, 12-plus sacks, Pro Bowl, et cetera, are hit. Zach, it's kind of like should, should the Broncos, should they do kind of what they did with Peyton? You know, Peyton Manning entered the 2015 season with a $19 million salary. John Elway came to him and said, hey, look, you know, last, week, last year we had to pay DeMarcus, we had to pay uh, Tlaib, we had to pay Ward. You know, we had to pay Sanders, got you that extra weapon. We've had to extend DT. You know, if we're going to make a championship run, we need you to take a little bit less money up front. But what they did, so he dropped his salary down to $15 million. What they did, though, Zach, is they incentivized him that if they – I can't remember all the markers, but basically, long story short, if they won the AFC West, they get a million back. If they are the number one seed, another million. If you get to that – AFC championship game, another million. If you win it all, another million. He ended up getting all 19 million of that original contract because he hit the escalator. So you think that's something the Broncos should consider doing, perhaps George Payton with Von Miller? Yeah, this is something that if they want to restructure Von's contract, you take a little from his base salary or his cap number and you provide it in a way where he can earn it back through escalators and incentives and, and things like that, sacks or playoff wins. Absolutely. This is one area where, at least this offseason, that Rich Hurtado is going to have to earn his paycheck, Chad, by potentially taking away money from Vaughn's paycheck. But I I do think they'll try to keep him around. I think Peyton knows the value that Vaughn Miller can bring to the roster. He's, again, a revered talent acquisition expert and scouting expert. I do think Vaughn comes back. They have to work out the salary. Um, That's one option for sure. I wouldn't mind that because I do think it'll incentivize him as well. And if he's incentivized, he's motivated – it only make the Broncos defense better. They would want to pay him that money, Chad. 12 sacks and a playoff appearance, they'd be happy if Vaughn hit those markers. Well, and not only that, but, you know, the Broncos, look, they're asking him to, to take a little less up front and a little less guaranteed in that kind of a scenario, but they're still showing good faith. And it would be good on his part to do the same and say, look, all right, I get it that, you know, it's not like you're asking me to go from rags to, or from riches to rags here, but I know that what I can do, I know what I'm capable of, I know that if I, if my cleats hit the grass and I play, I'm going to hit these escalators. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'll take it. And if, <clears throat> excuse me, worse comes to worse and the, the injury gods step in again and cut my legs out from under me, and, you know, then that's just the way it goes. But I think it would be a good a, a good show of faith on both parties to, to – and I think that's something that he's definitely going to approach him with. I mean, it's going to be a restructure of some kind is what George Payton's going to hit Von Miller with based on everything we're hearing. Ashton Obadiah, good to see you, my friend. He says, anyone think that Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is an option? What are your thoughts on that, Zach? 
You know, we all joke about him, but he's he's as turnover prone as Drew Locke is. And and you know what? We have one of those quarterbacks. At least let me experience that with the young guy. Let me work those problems out because Locke has a ceiling. Locke has potential he can unlock, whereas Fitzpatrick has none left. We've seen his ceiling. If George Payton goes out and acquires a veteran quarterback, which is certainly a possibility, if not a probability considering his history, it's going to be someone with a little more talent uh, and, and, and cachet than Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe even someone like Andy Dalton, who who looked pretty good in Dallas last year. But look at how Fitzpatrick went out in Miami, kind of with a whimper. I don't want to spend six, seven, ten million dollars on someone who's going to give the ball away. We already have one of those quarterbacks. Indeed, like Crudum says here, bring in a vet who understands he's a backup and can help develop Locke further and mentor him, patch up the defense. I get that. They tried that though. I don't yeah, that's I don't think that's the method they're gonna take this year. They're gonna bring in a guy who can be those things, but they're also gonna it's also gonna be a guy that can push Drew Locke. It needs to be a they need to instill in Drew some competition anxiety. And what better way to do it than bring in a veteran that has a name, you know, has a has a resume, a little bit of juice, maybe not so much juice that it eclipses what Drew has, but just enough there to I mean, listen, man, anyone that's been in a competitive environment, whether it was back in the day when you played sports, if you've ever been, you know, in pursuit of a of a, a woman, she's, you know, date multiple people, you get that competition, whether it's if you're in a sales job, something like that. Competition does what? It, it makes people up their game. All right. You know, fear of loss kicks in and also pride and, and hope of gain. It all ends up snowballing and it oftentimes is what brings out the best in individuals. And that's no different for a football player. They mail, they tried the let's mail it in and just, you know, telegraph to the world that Drew's our guy. They tried it last year. didn't work out. So if they do stick with Drew, it's going to be a little bit different equation. Levi Hope, love you, my friend, bonafide superstar. And as he jumps in here, he's just saying, hey, just showing some love. Well, we love you back, my friend. Good to see you. And thank you. Appreciate you, Levi. Let me just throw out, I got this question on Twitter, chat. I don't know if you have, but I'm sure you will. Will George Payton trade for Kirk Cousins? Let me just emphatically say right now, no, that's not happening. I don't think he wants Cousins. I think he viewed him for what he was. It wasn't him solely signing Kirk Cousins or re-signing him, but his extension that he signed last year, Cousins, makes a trade almost um, impossible. So no, he's not coming to Denver. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Here's one from Ian on, uh, geez, um, I almost, his his profile pic on Facebook almost tripped me out. I wasn't sure what I was looking at, but I'm not going to, I'm not even going to go there for a second. And I'm like, whoa, what? Now, now I can't I just, unsee that, Chad. Did I just make a bad mistake here? Uh, Ian, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you being with us, my friend. He says, hey, guys. Great to see you guys. What's up with these rumors about us getting Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan? Are these true? Well, first of all, I haven't heard any report from anyone that's actually plugged in saying the Broncos are going after Matthew Stafford or they're going after Matt Ryan. What you're hearing is that before he was even hired, that George Payton was a guy that would be turning over every stone to find a quote-unquote top-tier quarterback. Since he was hired, we've heard things from Mike Kliss, the most plugged-in insider at Dove Valley, that he would be surprised if they don't at least really, under Peyton's leadership, strongly examine what it might take to get a Matthew Stafford here. I haven't heard Matt Ryan's name mentioned. Only Stafford's in that context. I don't think you're going to hear Matt Ryan either because the current rumor right now is that Fontenot is going to Atlanta as the GM and the new head coach there as a package deal will be Joe Brady, the Panthers OC. And Joe Brady and Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, some of the Calvin Ridley, some of the pieces they have there, Chad, I think Fontenot being, you know, we pine for him for a reason and being that veteran and being that, you know, that skill and having that foresight, I think he'll keep Matt Ryan around because he'll have a coach that can unlock his ability unlike someone like Dan Quinn, who was just an ill fit for Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Uh, John, I, I'm i at, uh, in the stream, I'm at 632 with Carlos, and I'm looking on the on the back end here because I think my stream did a jump. Uh, let me confirm this just real quick. It did. It jumped uh, Blue Raw. It jumped – actually, no, hold on, hold on. It jumped uh, – yeah, it, after Levi, it jumped Blue Raw's first super, Jeff, Nate, Tanner – and then I'm right at Carlos. So if you have uh, Blue Raw's first, Jeff, Nate, or Tanner, we're good. There we go. Blue Raw, a.k.a. Chris, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the support and the super chat. He says, hot take. Urban Meyer takes Justin Fields with the Ohio State Allegiance, leaving the number two pick for Trevor Lawrence. Do you risk going up and betting on ineptitude? No. Um, I really just don't think it's going to happen. In fact, the last article I read uh, right before we went live on this subject was that uh, Urban Meyer, this is from, what's his name, Fowler at um, ESPN. Jeremy? Yes. He said that Urban Meyer, one of the reasons he took this job is because he guarantees him Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence, he has been quote-unquote enamored with for years. Uh, before he even was a, a player in the college football, as a prospect, as a, as a recruit coming out of high school. So I don't think there's any chance that really happens, to be frank with you. Why else did Urban Meyer really go to Jacksonville? He didn't see a, a poster for sunny Jacksonville, you know, downtown Jacksonville. He has plenty of money from Ohio State. I mean, he went there to work with Trevor Lawrence. He went there to work with the presumed number one quarterback and a generational talent. And let me tell you this, if, if George Payton hypothetically is banking his draft plans on the Jaguars passing on Trevor Lawrence, number one overall, they picked the wrong man for the job. There, there's just no way, Chad, in practicality, that will ever go down. Jeff C., good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Superstar. He says, dang, 
I wanted Urban to coach the Broncos. I'm a – what is that? A Gator? Oh, yeah. All right. Of course. This time uh, winning uh, winning a national championship. I know I mentioned Ohio State. I mentioned Utah. I, f- I failed to mention his time at, at uh, Florida with Timmy, Timmy Tebow. Yeah, dude. It would have been cool. But uh, the stars did not align, you know. The, the the I think one of the big draws, because you think if Urban Meyer, it's like Lincoln Riley, if they're going to leave the co- the college ranks where they're paid very well, like Urban Meyer could get almost any job in college football and make top of the line coin but that rivals, if not matches in some cases, some of the head coaches in the, in the NFL. You think if they're going to make that jump, it's going to be to one of the, you know, one of the, um, I guess, most popular, for lack of a better term, one of the powerhouse iconic teams in the league. When you use those words to describe any team in the league, you don't think of Jacksonville. (laughs) You might think Dallas, Pittsburgh, San Fran, even Denver. uh, You know, that's not a a Green Bay. No. But the reason he took the job is because it guaranteed him. He was guaranteed a franchise quarterback on a freaking plate, dude. So happy, happy trails to, uh, to urban in terms of, you know, good luck. I hope he, I hope he succeeds. You know, this, I'm a, I'm a fan of urban Meyer because I am, you know, I, my, my alma mater is university of Utah where, you know, he's the one that got things going for, for the university of Utah, the highest peak they've ever been. So uh, Nate Martinez jumping in. Appreciate you. My friend. Good to see you. Says, what's up guys. Good to be here. Catching you guys live. What's Peyton's first move as GM Zach? Uh, It's, I mean, technically, right now, when he gets in the building, it's going to be scouting the roster and scouting the draft and formulating those plans. But the first official move, it's got to be cutting some of the dead weight on the roster. So my prediction is maybe Boye, because he's suspended, maybe Kareem uh, Jackson, maybe Gerald Casey. I think he'll make a roster move that will signify really where he's leaning, what direction he's going to go as a GM. He said aggressive but not reckless. That implies to me he's going to get on the job and get the ball rolling soon. He's not going to wait. That leads me. I'm sorry, I left you guys all uh, on a cliffhanger here. That leads me to uh, something Spielman said today. Again, for those of you who might have joined us midstream here, Vikings general manager Rick Spielman gave some time to Denver media today. We got a chance to hear from him and and uh, talk with him on the on the topics of uh, George Payton. And one of the he he said a few things that were actually very interesting. But one thing I want to grab here, Zach, that jumped out to me is what he had to say about his draft philosophy. Let me find this real quick. Uh, I'm going to blow this up so you guys can read along here. Um, quote, because we're all trying to figure out, you know, what's what is Peyton's philosophy? We haven't really had a chance to actually talk to him, volley questions at him. And all these guys are going to be very guarded, including Spielman. I was surprised he even said this, to be frank with you. But this kind of gives us a hint perhaps of the kind of mindset Peyton might have quote, this is Spielman. My philosophy has always been to be very active trading up and down on draft day, accumulating draft picks. I think last year we ended up with 15 draft picks and he was a critical part talking about Peyton of leading those trades along with Rob Brzezinski, our cap guy. So Zach, do you think that how, how far should fans read into that? Because We've seen Elway at times be very active in terms of dealing picks and trading and moving around. Last year, we were certain that with the Broncos entering the draft with 10 picks, there was no way they were going to actually make 10 picks, but they did. It was kind of 
even though they weren't moving up and down per se, they held on to all 10 of those picks. How do you read this? Well, I mean, your last sentence kind of is, is my answer here. The draft is the ultimate crapshoot. So not even teams, not even GMs know where they're going to go until they're on the clock, until the board starts breaking. We And Peyton's admitted himself, himself, though, that his philosophy is to build from within, is to build from the draft and use that as the foundation of a team as well it should be. So it says to me that if he's going to be aggressive, which he says he's going to be, he already admitted that publicly, he's going to be aggressive, not making wild trades for Deshaun Watson or Matt Stafford. He might move up for a Micah Parsons. He might move up for a Caleb Farley. He might move back and stockpile more picks. I just think the bulk of Peyton's activity as the general manager, at least in year one, will be through the draft. But knowing right now on the 14th of January what he's going to do in late April, it's anyone's guess, including his. Another thing that uh, he said is that George Payton is a, I'll use this specific verbatim quote here. Uh, George Payton is an incredible talent evaluator. And he went on to explain how, you know, some guys might have a better, um, you know, natural disposition to be an evaluator of talent. And, you know, it's like some people are people watchers, right? Some people are more observant and uh, perceptive than others. Guilty. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a people watcher. Okay. My dad's a, a people watcher. I think it's a little bit genetic or whatever. You just perceive things that a lot of people don't really pay much attention to. And so for a guy that might maybe have that in his his tool chest starting on from square one in the league, that might give you a slight leg up. But the way he got to where he is today, and this was something Spielman illustrated quite well, was grinding it out, not just day after day, but year after year, and being able to have enough of a sample size and a body of work to go back on and say, look, you know, the guys I had rated in rounds, you know, my big board, for example, uh, in the 2012 draft, I look back on that a few years later, where was I right? Where was I wrong? And you learn from that, you know, you learn where your evaluation of this particular trait uh, was, was fool's gold or where you missed something like that. And it can only be found that expertise from live bullet uh, experience in terms of the time put in. And that's one of the things that really resonated. Again, we talked about this last night. One of the things that resonated with Elway, Ellis, Fangio was this is an experienced cat. This is a guy that is an expert in his realm. The antithesis of Champ Kelly, though. And th- mm-hmm. that was the the one, uh, the, the, the biggest red flag and the biggest drawback on Champ Kelly was his lack of experience. He wasn't an assistant GM. He didn't make those moves. No one was talking him up in, in NFL circles the way Rick Spielman was talking up George Payton. And I mentioned that when you asked me what stood out to me about these comments, it was the length to which Spielman really devoted praise and doted praise on uh, George Payton and really highlighted all he did. He was like one of those... I don't want to say the wrong religion, but one of those statues, those religious with the eight arms, Chad, that's what he's doing with different things, scouting and free agency and the draft and player acquisition. That's exactly what Denver needed in the front office. Elway was getting burnt out, and his area of expertise really wasn't the draft. I mean, we talk about undrafted, but he was better, I think, on the open market, swinging trades, finding veteran players, except quarterbacks. But this guy and George Payton, his replacement, can do it all. So it was really, like I said yesterday, a grand slam hire. They could not have picked a better person, maybe with respect to Terry Fontenot. Hinduism, that's what you're thinking of. That's, uh, I don't want to say the wrong one in this day and age. Okay. You know, I don't want to be canceled. Okay. I have a good friend that's, uh, that is Hindu that's from Mumbai. Shout out to Aditya. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Tanner C., good to see you, my brother. Appreciate you jumping in again. Really becoming a superstar. He says, Eric Bieniemy may not get a job. Is he evil? Hexed? No. Do we want Vic to fail this season? That's a joke. So we can finally land an offensive stud head coach. The man needs a job. I'm as perplexed about Eric Bieniemy's lack of prospects as the next guy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe the book on, on Bieniemy is, and at least I can understand it if this is it, but that, you know, he's second fiddle to Andy Reid, you know, in terms of, we know that in terms of chain of command, but I mean like calling plays, game planning, like what does an offensive coordinator, it's like Ed Donatel, what does a defensive coordinator who doesn't call plays actually do? <laughs> and what does an offensive coordinator who doesn't call plays actually do? And so yeah, I'm dude. sure there's a lot, and there are things that, I mean, that that's a rhetorical question, but it does uh, because they do have responsibilities and they coach and they game plan and they advance scout. They do a lot of things. But it's just a different – you're not the man. You know? You're know. you not the one calling the plays. And so it's a lot harder for a prospective owner looking to make a head coach hire to say, this is my guy. That's the only thing I can chalk it up to, Zach. Well, it, it, he's, he's, not, you know, he's not evil. He's not cursed. And it's not race or, or racism. The fact that he's black is the reason why he hasn't gotten a shot yet. I think one of the reasons is teams have been burned so many times by hiring the number two to the number one. And that number two is never the number one. So they look at Mahomes, they look at the Chiefs' offense, and they think, well, this must be Andy Reid. A lot of people don't know, though, that Eric Bieniemy had a huge hand in developing Patrick Mahomes. And one thing I learned about Bieniemy watching these NFL Films videos, he is so fiery. I'd love to have him on the Broncos' sideline. He is getting in everyone's face. He's fired up. He's passionate. And he's animated. He's cursing. It's exactly the opposite of Vic Fangio. I also think it's the timing, Chad. They can't... You can't hire someone until after the team's eliminated from the playoffs. They're still either to go to the Super Bowl. I just think it's a lot of outside factors working against him. But a team like the Texans is stupid as hell for not pairing him with Deshaun Watson. I mean, I would wait on the enemy if I had the chance. And if the Broncos 
would have the chance, I would advocate for the same thing. He's not going to be around next offseason, but if he is, they have to go. I agree with this part of the question. They have to go back to an offensive-minded coach. They went away from the green with Vic Fangio. Hasn't worked out so far. It's a offensive-minded and and trending business, and you have to have the right guy in place that can roll with those punches, and the enemy is the right guy. I also like coaches, <clears throat> including head coaches, or I should say especially head coaches, who have history as players. And not just, yeah, I played a little high school ball, but Eric Bieniemy was a he was a high-round draft pick, former running back, CU. I mean, most Colorado sports fans need no uh, reminder of exactly who Eric Bieniemy is. And he played in the league. You know, he's a former second-round pick back in, like, 90, I want to say. You know, he came into the league about the same era, give or take a year or two, of the Barry Sanders and the Emmett Smiths of the world. And his NFL career didn't pan out. But I like that in the same way that theirs did, for example, as a player. But I like the fact that he's been there, that juice, that fire, that experience, that, I don't know, it's just all part of the meal uh, that, that you look for in terms of, I'm just as mystified as you guys, be frank with you. But if I had to guess, it probably has something to do, as Zach said, with the fact that, you know, he's not the clear alpha dog on offense. This is not his brainchild baby. It's Andy Reid. Carlos, love you, bro. Good to see you. Appreciate you. He says, love the new Patron Carnalitos. Uh, future's bright. Dude, Carlos, I need to st- I'm going to bring my kid in who's learning Spanish right now in junior high and have <laughs> him start teaching me some lingo because I need to be on the same page with you, my dog. Appreciate you. And uh, But, yeah, the future does feel bright, does it not? It probably means something different, but, Carlos, I love Patron, too, for what, <laughs> what that counts for. Right there with you. Uh, uh, tequila O'Neill's right. Something, something to that effect. Uh, all right. Let me see here. Bear with me one second. I'm just taking a look to, to see if we miss anybody. We got Isaiah. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. And by the way, very cute family you got there, my friend. Congrats to you on that. He says, sorry, I've been MIA fellas. <clears throat> Peyton signing was a plus. The number nine pick scares me a bit in the way we might miss out on someone we need. Thoughts, MHH, hashtag MHH fam. Um, I mean, you know, what's what's the famous Wayne Gretzky uh, quote, Zach? You miss 100% of the shots you never take. Right. You know, you're going to swing. And and I think George Payton, you know, here's one thing to, to look back on with Elway, right? It wasn't all bad with Elway. Recency bias really, I think, kind of has affected a lot of people who've just been fans, that is very dismissive of his resume as a front officer. I mean, this dude accomplished a hell of a lot, especially in that first five years. And yeah, a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, he landed the biggest fish in the history of NFL free agency. But I mean, look, the one thing Elway did right out of the gates, drafted Von Miller, that first pick that, that precious sacred responsibility of the highest draft pick in the history of the Broncos organization. They never held a pick that high in the draft. Because John Elway, he was a first overall pick, but that was a pick by the Colts that was then traded to the Broncos at four, I want to say. Nevertheless, he hit it out of the park. He could have taken Patrick Peterson, and you can make an argument that he should have. There are people I've heard make that argument. He could have taken J.J. Watt, and there are people that would argue you missed the boat. Should have been J.J. Watt. Peterson over Vaughn, no way. Where's J.J.'s one of these? You know what I'm saying? Like, I love J.J. What is he, two, maybe two-time NFL uh, defensive player of the year, maybe three-time. I might be miss. I might be wrong on the three time, but definitely two time. I know that for sure. But Vaughn, he hit it out of the park. Peyton needs to be able to start his front office tenure in Denver on a similar note. 
And this is the beauty, though, when you have a top 10 pick, because the ideal scenario, Chad, is where not drafting for need, I despise doing that. You always want to go BPA, but it's the ideal intersection is where BPA meets drafting for need. So at number nine overall, the Broncos are pretty much assured, unless the draft you know goes doomsday scenario, they're assured of getting a cornerback, an inside linebacker, an edge defender, maybe a quarterback, maybe. So at number nine, Chad, considering what we know, how the top two, three picks are going to go, if they just stay put, they're going to get a blue chip elite talent that can not only help the team, but is a need for the team as well. Well said. Uh, Josh Johnson brings up an interesting point that's kind of a conversation that has been happening in the chat. Um, He says, I don't want a player that opted out this year. So talking about college, you know, let's look at the nine, the number nine pick. Do you know what a year out of football does to you? Look at guys like Clowney, Fournette. They never bounced back. Well, I think that's a fair that's a fair concern. Talk because you know the two guys that we that I pine for the most at nine right now, Caleb Farley opted out, Micah Parsons opted out. I think it's a fair point, but what what's your thoughts on that? Well, I'm not not gonna I'm not gonna pass on Micah Parsons because he opted out of the season, Chad. I want a guy who's the best fit for the team who can solve the biggest hole or can fill the biggest hole, and that's Micah Parsons. Didn't Bosa one of the Joey Bosa sit out his last year? Didn't he skip his final season? I think it's just a bowl game. Maybe not to see. I'll I'll check into that. I mean, opting out for the pandemic. This is a unique situation, guys. It's never been seen before, and it's the same thing as a player sitting out a bowl game or sitting out a a game they don't want to play in. They're doing it for the best interest of their future. Why would they want to sacrifice another year in college, sacrifice millions and their health and all that when they're locked into a top ten spot? So I'm not judging Parsons or anyone because they opted out. That was their choice, and if they can help this team, if they're the right pick, I'm taking that guy. By the way, you're right on uh, Joey Bosa. He did opt out the um, in October of his last year at Ohio State. He turned out pretty good. <laughs> getting ready for the getting ready for the draft. So there's one here I want to grab. Um, let me find this here. Bear with me one second. Uh, TS4. Hey, where'd the Manscaped ads go? We got a little news on that coming here in the very. Stay tuned. So stay tuned. Uh, oh. There's a decent chance they they might be back with my high huddle. All right, uh, let's grab here Blue Raw. Chris jumping in again. Appreciate you, bro. He says, "Who do you think is coaching the Broncos next year?" That's a good question. Mm. Man. That's a good question because Zach, do you really believe you? I, I you know doing the edits and stuff, and I was in the conversation, so I remember. But also in the edits, you said, "Hey, man, George Payton, I like it. Broncos, they're 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 playoff bound this year." After the gut reaction, right? Because gut reaction, we're always a little bit more emotional, whether good or bad. That's why we call it the gut reaction. Both of us, right? We're kind of riding the highs, riding the lows. Then we come back in the aftermath. We analyze it, perhaps, not always, with a maybe a different perspective. Do you still hold to that? And if so, the answer would be Vic Fangio, right? What? But what are your thoughts? I do still think they're going to be a playoff team if they can get the quarterback situation solved, whether it's Locke as the starter and he develops or whether they acquire a quarterback like a whoever, Matt Stafford, whoever. I do think they have that capability, and maybe someone with a steadying hand like George Payton, maybe he will be a little more hands-on 
with the Vic Fangio coaching staff and with Fangio himself is maybe he can, using his years of experience working alongside some of the best executives and coaches, use that to kind of help Fangio become a better head coach. But I think Peyton is going to do the the proper and necessary roster adjustments to put the Broncos on paper to be a playoff contending team. The difference, as always, every single season, Chad, because Chad, Elway wasn't the reason why they failed this year. He did everything in his power. Elway was the best part of this team in 2020. He put them in a position to make the playoffs. It wasn't on him, the injuries. It wasn't on him, the pandemic. It wasn't on him, the quarterbacking of the coaching. So if those things fall into place with someone who is as talented and has as much foresight and ability as George Payton, yes, I do think they can be a playoff team. Nine and seven, ten and six. I mean, I have to be consistent here in terms of, you know, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And in that in that sense, you know, I, I'm, I can't be certain that Vic Fangio is going to suddenly turn it around because it's George Payton in the front office and not John Elway. But I'm going to stick with the optimism and I'm going to stick with I do think the Broncos are going to get a lift out of this. And I think that Payton is going to ha- make some moves this year to improve this team. And if you cross your fingers on the whole injury bug front and the Broncos can avoid that catastrophe this time around, I do think it's a 9-10 win team. I think you can make the playoffs. And if that's the case, to answer that question, it's Vic Fangio next year. Albert, one of our Facebook supporters, he says, if you were an OC, would you line up Sutton, Judy, Fant, Hamler, and Patrick in the same place? Sometimes, yeah. If I had an empty five-wide set, yeah. You know, I'd throw them out there. Of course. Why not? But – it's not something you run constantly, right? Because pretty pretty quickly a defense can uh, kind of deduce what you're doing, figure out how to expose that, and just crush your crush your quarterback, try and take it away. So, can you do it? Yes. Is it something you would expect to see a lot, Albert? No. And if you're Pat Shermer, you'll do it on fourth and goal from the one yard line. So it's it's all about situational coaching and when you can deploy that personnel. Let me just say one last addendum to the the Vic Fangio thing. I do think he can make the playoffs and that would save his job going forward because he is a lame duck this season. But the opposite's also true. If they start slow, I would expect Peyton to fire him maybe midseason. If they finish six and ten, seven and nine, anything but at the very minimum, a winning record. And Vic Fangio's gone next year, and Peyton will finally get to handpick his own coach and his own staff. Josh Johnson, appreciate the super. Um he ended up of course, the same comment I grabbed, he did as a super. So I just want to give you some some love there, bro. Appreciate you. And Dylan, he wants to show us some love. We appreciate you, my friend. And Thank you. It's always great having you in the chat. We might need to make Dylan like a mod in the chat because he's very, very active and uh, knowledgeable. Obviously, he knows what he's talking about, but very engaged in the little, you know, conversations within a conversation that take place in our live chats. Let me see where we're at here, gang. Bear with me one second. Oh, we got the man, Drew H. in the house. Love you, buddy. Good to see you. Bonafide superstar. As you can see, I mean, that profile pic signals it all. Appreciate you, Drew. He says, what's up, guys? Sitting at work in a snowstorm currently. I think we need to restructure Vaughn. I'm willing to let Kareem Jackson, Jarrell Casey, and A.J. Bouye go. Build through the draft. You know, we are too. I'm I'm down for all three of those guys. I mean, if as long as you have – a strategy to replace the strong safety. Right. And maybe that's bringing Will Parks back. Maybe it's through the draft. Maybe it's through free agency, whatever. But I'm totally cool. And if you cut all those guys, I mean, you're twenty. You're around $25 million in cap savings if you move on from Casey and Bouye alone. Then you throw in K-Jack, and you're north of 
35, you're at like 36 million in cap space. So imagine what you can do with that. And you think, well, what are you, what are you giving up? But in, in Jackson's case, I, I get it because, you know, that he did play well at times, but he's going to be 33 this year. He's making more money, in my opinion, than he's worth. I mean, the money he makes is, you know, just right at elite level safety money, right kind of approaching that. I just don't see him as that anymore. He was that in 2019. Broncos didn't get that from Kareem in 2020, in my humble opinion. His cap number for 2021 is $12.8 million. And that's a lot to pay a one trick pony. And that's exactly what Kareem Jackson is. He is the new version of Darian Stewart, a safety who's just good in run support now and is awful in pass coverage. I would absolutely cut all three players. That's what I want them to do. I think the Broncos would maybe think about keeping Kareem Jackson, maybe having him restructure, be like, listen, you take a pay cut or you get cut. I have no problem with that. As long, like you said, Chad, they have a contingency, and that contingency is re-signing Simmons and signing Shelby Harris. That way you can make those moves and on create cap space you can use elsewhere. All right, John, I'm grabbing our friend Pranked Films here, and I'm giving you a quick update because my stream did just jump, so let me tell you where I'm at real quick here. On uh, I, I'm around 6.55. I think the closest is in terms of – Superstars, let me, yeah, it's it's a ways down. So the closest for me is at uh, 703, it's Isaac. So let me tell you who's in between, just FYI. We've got uh, Isaiah again. Nope, we did get that Isaiah. Uh, David and Kenneth are the two, and Flute Guy. David, Kenneth, and Flute Guy. So uh, let's grab Pranked Films. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you as always. He says, uh, the Broncos should just wait another year with Drew Locke and bring in the best players in the draft at the position in the draft for our lack of depth. I'm inclined to agree with you in terms of you've gone this far with Drew, ride it out one last year, hoping against hope that you get a healthy Cortland back, that your skill guys stay healthy. You got Jawan James back, you know, and you, and you take that pick that you would otherwise perhaps use on a, on a highly drafted quarterback and you, you get a complimentary corner, you know, someone who who fills a legit hole today that helps Drew in an indirect way. And then, look, if it doesn't pan out in 2021, I'll be the first one pounding the table to say, time to turn the page. Now, I might be singing a different tune if the Broncos held the number one or number two pick, but they don't. Yeah, I mean, we all thought the Broncos would go for continuity. That was the buzzword in December out of the Valley is continuity. And then after they said that, John Elway resigns his position. They have a new GM. Um I happen to think they will retain Locke under center as the starter. They will bring in better competition at quarterback, whether it's a veteran, whether it's a rookie. In a a worst-case scenario, Locke bombs again. They have uh, a quarterback that can keep the Broncos competitive. I do think, though, they will maintain most of the status quo. There's a reason why Fangio kept his coaching staff in place and Fangio sat on that contingent that helped pick his new GM, his new boss. So I think that's a big reason. That was a selling point to Peyton. Listen, it's your team. It's your baby. You can make all the moves you want, but the understanding is we'd like to keep Drew and as much continuity um, as possible going into next season. We got David Kilgore, another bona fide superstar, and this is a Mount Rushmore superstar. Actually, several Mount Rushmore superstars have been in the chat today. Good to see you, DK. He says, what Carson? Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And Wentz be a realistic option. Now, Zach, I would argue, I would make the argument that he's a realistic option. But what that, that's a that's different than saying is he a viable option? I could see the Broncos, you know, trying to talk themselves into getting a very raw. At one point, you know, I'm talking about his his former, I guess, draft stock, the way he was viewed, and talking themselves into in our system, we can you know revitalize this dude and resurrect him. I could see that happening. I don't think it'll happen though. I think that's a when you see a guy flame out, it doesn't matter where he's at and you're George Payton day one on a new job, you don't come in and grab that guy to be your, this is where I'm starting. This is my square one, not Carson Wentz. Are you kidding me? I mean, he got a guy named Doug Peterson who hoisted the freaking Lombardi, all right? A guy that brought the first Lombardi trophy to the Philadelphia Eagles ever. This is a team that had been pining and, and, and just constantly disappointed. And he finally got him over the hump. He did what Andy Reid could not do, one of his mentors in, in, the, in the coaching tree so to speak so i'm saying hands off carson Wentz. is he realistic yeah it's realistic but it's not in my opinion it's not a viable option see i don't look at it as realistic because not just his throw away his contract which is an albatross in itself what is the reason why doug peterson is no longer the coach of the eagles that was a power struggle over carson Wentz. the owner supposedly wants carson Wentz, and peterson had to go i don't think he's going anywhere i think they're going to hire a coach with the understanding that you have to come in and save and fix and repair and salvage Carson Wentz. I don't think he's going anywhere, Chad. And even if he did, even if he was available, I don't want more reclamation projects. I don't want more someone's, you know, sloppy seconds. I don't want more broken quarterbacks. I don't want any projects. I want either a proven veteran who is really close to elite or a rookie that has elite upside. I don't want anyone in the middle. And And he qualifies right there in the middle. John, I want to grab Kenneth here, and then there's a Facebook from Leroy I want to grab, and then if you got Fluke Guy, 
Uh, Kenneth, love you, buddy. He says, does Meyer fall on his face like Nick Saban and Petrino? Great question. It's often been the case when you see some of these high-profile elite college coaches make the jump to the pros. There's just something about the, you know, the the recipe for success in the league that some, that eludes some of those guys. Like Nick Saban, most prolific head coach now in the history of college football all time in terms of national championships, couldn't cut it in the league. You know, just couldn't figure it out and realized it pretty dang quick, relatively, and bounced out. So, what's your take on this? Because I'm inclined to think. Meyer's going to be one of the guys, including Chip Kelly, right? Chip Kelly was a guy that everyone thought, man, he just needs to get to the league and turn this offensive uh, innovation that he pioneered in college football to the league. Didn't pan out. He had one decent season, but two different stops, Philly and San Fran, didn't pan out. What's your answer to Kenneth? Well, we can look at someone like Jim Harbaugh who went to a Super Bowl from college, or we're looking at someone like Nick Saban on that scale who was a total bust in Miami. I think Urban Meyer is somewhere in the middle. And it all depends on two scenarios for him in Jacksonville. How Trevor Lawrence does, obviously, at quarterback, and who he surrounds himself with at, among his coaching staff. He can't have an experience. Urban Meyer has no NFL prior experience, Chad. So if he comes and brings college guys in and tries to simulate that environment, he's going to fail like Nick Saban did. That's why I mentioned the top of the show tonight, some college coaches fail so epically because they thrive on recruiting. They thrive on being almost father figures to young college impressionable kids and families. It's the complete opposite universe in the NFL. These are grown men. These are millionaires with their own families. They want to win. These are pro bowlers and all pros and, and champions. It's a whole different ball game there. I think he'll be somewhere in the middle. I don't see him winning starting a dynasty in Jacksonville, I don't think he's going to be a bust either, but it depends how Lawrence goes and how Meyer, what he does surrounding himself with among his coaching staff. Good question here from one of our great listeners in our Facebook community, Leroy Williams. Good to see you, my friend. He has a, a very interesting question. He says, do you think Vic Fangio gets fired even though he had some say on the hire of Peyton? Will he get lowballed? So here's what we know. If the Broncos go sub-500 in 2021, Fangio, gonzo. All right, now look, Peyton, I, and I believe this is sincere. It's one of the reasons he is willing to take this job because, he, again, he, this is a guy that has historically been very picky and choosy, turned down two opportunities, two offers really to be the GM for two different teams, and multiple interviews over the years that he's like, nah, no thanks. Why did he take the Broncos when – you know, you're getting a head coach foisted upon you. You're kind of in the shadow of a John Elway, ownership's up in the air, all these things. It's because he actually likes Vic Fangio as a head coach. He competed against him in Chicago for four years, 15, 16, 17, 18. And then they have a, he talked about this in, a, in an interview I, I uh, checked out today with the Broncos team site. He also has many mutual friends with Vic. So he's well uh, familiar with, knows Vic quite well in terms of, you know, indirectly, and now he's going to get to know him quite, you know, very directly. So I do think it's genuine that, hey, it's not necessarily the dream where I'm a first-time GM and I choose everything. But in this case, if I could, I'm, you know, if I'm George Payton and I could pick a guy to be my head coach, I think he's happy right now that it's Vic Fangio. But it still comes with the caveat. This isn't year one for Fangio. This is year three. So if year three pans out in sub-500, Catch you on the flip-flop, he's gone. And you can take that to the bank. 
Yeah, I mean, Fangio is out of honeymoons. He's out of excuses. It's win or lose your job. And I think you said it best a few days ago, or it might have been yesterday, when when we talked about Peyton being hired. And the understanding was, listen, Fangio is going to be the coach. This is the selling point from Elway and Ellis and and uh, Patrick Smythe to George Peyton. Fangio is going to be the head coach. You're kind of stuck with him for this season. Tough it out, grin it out, grin and bear it, and then whatever happens after that, you can either retain him or you can get rid of him. It's your call. I do think, though, like you said, if they don't have a playoff team this year or at the very minimum a 9-7 and record, what justification would you have to keep Fangio knowing he has no loyalty in the, in the building anymore? The, the man who hired him, Elway, is no longer in charge. So Peyton is, is free to do what he wants after this season. The Fluke Guy Games jumping in. This is this is someone who's become increasingly more and more active in our community and on Super Chat. So we we see you. We appreciate you. Thank you. He says, hey, guys, what do you think Locke needs to do to keep the job after next year? My opinion is that he needs to lead the team to a wild card or just miss out, split the series with the Chiefs. I mean, we talked about this last year. I mean, even if you finish with a sub-500 record, if you beat the Chiefs, man, it's like winning the Super Bowl if you're the Denver Broncos. I mean, it's been some a dark, dark streak in terms of, what is it, 11 now straight losses? It was 10 and then 11, I want to say. Uh, pretty sure on that. And nevertheless, for Drew Locke, you got to play well. You can't be a bottom five statistically, period, end of story. If you're bottom five again statistically, A, it's not going to come out in the wash for your team in a good way. If you're bottom five, it means your team probably didn't win. And B, if you don't win, if you don't get to the promised land, that's it, man. I know that, you know, you got one more year on the contract if you're Drew Locke, but it's he's in a similar boat as Vic. It's put up or shut up. It's win or go home. It's do or die. And so, you know, hopefully if he is given the opportunity to at least kind of, you know, be the guy in terms of I'm bringing in competition, but we're still rolling with you as the understood guy, but you've got someone breathing down your neck. I think he'll respond well to that. I really do. The answer, though, is win. That's all. One word, two seconds. That's the answer to that question is win. Just win. And if they win, it's 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 the inverse of what I said. If you, if the Broncos are winning games, odds are it's because Drew's doing a good job, and he's not a bottom five stat right. uh, quarterback. Isaac Mitchell, uh, new name. Appreciate you, my friend. Welcome. And um, make sure you connect with us. This goes for everybody, but especially our superstars on Twitter. Connect with us on Twitter. At Huddle Up Pod, we'll go through it all at the end. But Isaac, make sure you connect with us there, my friend. He says, first super chat. Would you take Caleb Farley or Patrick Sertan the second? I played against Farley in high school when he played quarterback. Hashtag go MHH. For me, I'm I, I you know the, the question about opting out that it doesn't bother me that much in terms of college, like what it means for those guys. Young, I still think, you know, if it was offensive line opting out, I'd be a little bit more concerned about what that might have done to their physique and their football body and making them perhaps more susceptible to injury and just kind of getting in a funk. In the case of Caleb Farley, I'm not so worried about it. So for me, it's Caleb Farley, but I'm not crying any any uh, rivers if it ultimately ends up being Patrick Sertan. No, I, I. it's all subjective. It's what, you know, cornerback you like better. I do think Farley's a better fit for the system. I think he's a more pro-ready prospect, and he's more of a blue chipper right now out of the gates than uh, Patrick Sutan. But uh, either scenario, Chad, either of those two cornerbacks or Micah Parsons at number nine overall, it's a, it's a victory. 
Mike Kraft on Facebook says, what do you think of Trey Lance as Drew Locke competition? The problem with that, Mike, is... Wouldn't it be competition? Well, where where does it... first For me, it starts with, where did you land Trey? Because if Trey was a first-round pick, I mean, it's only a matter of time before his draft pedigree demands he get the reins, all right? Like, what the way the Broncos... And this is one of the reasons that Elway and Kubiak had the rift, you know? It's why they ended up parting ways as best buddies and won a lot of games and won championships. They ultimately parted ways because Kubiak really thumbed his nose at the NFL imperative of, look, our first round pick, especially if it's a quarterback, that guy, you just have to play him. Like he has to play. But in 2016, uh, I almost said Fangio, Kubiak allowed, not allowed, set it up for an open competition and it's one thing if you say, all right, it's an open competition and, um, you know, you you expect Trevor Simeon to win the job because Lynch is young and doesn't know the scheme yet. This would That was year two for uh, Trevor Simeon. But at some point, you got to have a plan in place, like a certain list or set of conditions in which if this falls into place, it's time to play the, the first round pick. Kubiak had many of those forks in the road opportunities, including when Simeon got hurt in the first quarter of that season and they had to go to Paxton, but he immediately went back to Simeon the first chance. That's what you did. I mean, that's, that's how you bust a first round pick. So if it's Trey Lance in the first round, Drew Locke's done, dude, it's over. I mean, it's just done. He's going to play, especially if it's a new GM. I'm not married to Drew. I'm married to Trey. So if you get him in the second round, it's more of a comp- conversation to me in terms of actual competition, but I doubt the Broncos are looking to take a quarterback. If they ultimately choose to go with Drew, I don't think they're taking a guy in round one or two, maybe three. But to me, that would be the highest if they're ultimately going to decide we're, we're going to roll with Drew and bring in a veteran to, to <clears throat> compete and back him up. I think you just hit it. If they draft a quarterback in the second round, let's say they draft – Mac Jones, just for example, then there might be an open competition or there might be, you know, a legit battle for the starting job. But it, unless you have an Aaron Rodgers or a Brett Favre, you don't draft a quarterback in the first round and make him a backup. If he's a first round quarterback, you play him yep. immediately. It's why you drafted him. That's the best way for them to learn. They don't sit behind quarterbacks and learn for three years anymore. This isn't 1995. You play right away, whether it's dictated by injury and effectiveness or, or the plan. So if Lance is the pick, which I don't think he will be, it means, like you said, Chad, Drew Locke is done as the Broncos starter. And even John Elway, this is how you know that John Elway was was campaigning behind the scenes trying to strong-arm Gary to play the first-round quarterback. There was a, a video I watched not too long before uh, – well, it was after the, the Paxton Lynch pick, but it was an interview with Elway not too long before he became – the Broncos, you know, de facto GM and then eventual GM. And in it, he was talking about his his college, his NFL career, his 16-year Hall of Fame career as a quarterback. And one of the questions that was volleyed to him in this little sit-down about Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, not Broncos GM, it was before that, Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, was, you know, do you think it helped you or hurt you to play early? Because, you know, the Broncos acquired him in the draft via trade, he got here and, you know, there was a little back and forth, a little power struggle that was very short-lived between him and Steve DeBerg. But Dan Reeves was smart enough to know I got to get my guy on the field eventually, and he did. So Elway played a lot 
And she drafted in 83, 86, you're in the Super Bowl. 87, you're in the Super Bowl. Miss it the next year. The year following, you're in the Super Bowl. That's how it shook out. And Elway's reply was, if I didn't get those live bullet reps, if I didn't get that time on task, real experience, you know, it wouldn't have been the same. I couldn't have learned how to play in the NFL by watching on the sideline. So you don't think that that informed him not only with Paxton and that power struggle with Coobs, but also with Drew, you know, and what happened uh, the year prior with, with Joe Flacco. Like he knew eventually if he really believed in Drew, Drew needed to see the field. So anyway, I, I, I digress a little bit here, but here's JLo Wright. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the super chat. He says, maybe a little too early to ask with both guys still under contract, but what does the running back room look like going forward? For what it's worth, technically, Philip Lindsay is not under contract. Philip Lindsay is a free agent of the restricted variety, and there are some serious doubts among very plugged-in people that I've talked to in Denver that he gets tendered. Yeah, I, I mean, if we go on, and the only thing we can do right now is go on Peyton's history. I mentioned this yesterday. In Minnesota, he had Dalvin Cook. He uh, acquired Latavius Murray. He had Dalvin Cook. He resigned Dalvin Cook. He drafted Alexander Madison. So I, I think in Minnesota, they valued running backs. Whether that mindset carries over into Denver, we don't know. But Melvin Gordon's under contract. He actually, what, he pleaded not guilty today, Chad, to DUI? Yep. Yep. So, I mean, assuming he avoids suspension, he'll be the Broncos, you know, workhorse going into 21. They might draft a running back. They might sign a running back. But I think the good, in my opinion, I think the good thing to count on here is both of them coming back in their in their previous roles. And it's interesting that he did plead not guilty because what that tells me is his representation is to, is has seen a little uh, fly in the ointment for the prosecution in terms of whether it was, you know, evidentiary provenance, they messed something up, the blood test or the breathalyzer or something. There's something there that makes his his legal team think we could maybe win this or get it thrown out. Money. So if, if it does, <laughs> no, no, really. I think that there's something there. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But if it does get thrown out, he doesn't have to uh, – he won't be suspended. Right. Jeff C., good to see you again, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, no one's talking about Albert Okuwebunum. Okuwebunum. Okuwebunam, actually, I think is what it is, right? I know I'm starting to trip myself out. Don't forget, says Jeff. Yeah, he's he was very exciting, just starting to come along. And if Drew's your guy again in 2021, that bodes well for Alberto. We just talked about him. I think it was last week someone asked us about uh, Pitts, the tight end coming out of college, and I said there's no need for him. You have Noah Fan, a first-rounder who has all-pro potential, if not Pro Bowl potential, and you have Alberto who looked he, – he was really coming on strong before his injury, and that tandem together for the future is, is, is very bright forever uh, quarterbacks under center. Kenneth Booker, again, thank you, bro. He says, should we replace Kareem with Minnesota's Anthony Smith? It, would, it wouldn't surprise me. I'll be frank with you. It wouldn't surprise me because, Zach, I know you're working on a piece that's going to debut here in the very near future. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but some, some, some former Viking guys that you could see potentially being brought in as, you know, Peyton comfort guys, you know, guys that Peyton knows and is comfortable with. What's your answer for uh, KB here? Well, I mean, if they're looking to save money, Anthony Smith is going to draw, I think, about what Kareem Jackson would draw. And the other the other negative here is that Smith is more of a free safety, and the Broncos have that in Simmons already. They need more of a strong safety like a, you know, like a T.J. Ward or someone like a Jamal Adams, for example. So I, I don't see that being a possibility. Uh, Brandon Reagan jumping yep. in. Oops, right sorry, John. Go ahead, buddy. My bad. I got to trust that John John knows what he's doing back there. Um Brandon Reagan, a name I'm trying to think. I don't I don't recognize him on Super Chat. So 
Thank you, Brandon. And uh, welcome to the manger homes. Quite the last name. <laughs> Make sure you connect with us on, uh, on Twitter. I'm confident that Jawan James won't be the Broncos right tackle this coming year. We deserve better at that position. What makes you confident of that? I mean, I guess I understand what you're saying. Like, I use my own philosophy, best predictor of future behavior past. But the Broncos are tied to this dude. I mean, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, this is nine-inch nails nailed to the wall. Broncos tied to James. They can't get out of that contract. So unless he were to opt out again, maybe that's what you're saying, Brandon, or gets hurt. And there's a reason I go, gets hurt, okay? Um, I, I don't see any way in which the Broncos do not have him at right tackle, but those are the, at least the second one's a distinct possibility. He's he's not been the most consistently available player health wise. They got to throw him out there and close their eyes and hope for the best. It's all they can do. I mean, they're stuck with them for this season. They can maybe move on after 21, but we have to hope there's some sort of motivation as a man, Chad, not just as a player, but as a man to earn that money and to get back in the good graces of, of his teammates and, he has a lot of work to do, as Garrett Bowles said, to earn the trust back of his teammates. Vic Fangio said he thinks he can do it. He's been in contact with them, and all the Broncos can do is hope. And all we can do is hope. Amen. Oscar, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. This two nights in a row, Oscar's been active on Super Chat, so we see you, my friend. We appreciate you. He says, uh, life would be great if I had the same <laughs> level of job security as Tom McMahon. Maybe he's Amen. got a little picture or something on somebody, right? A little, little evidence, a little blackmail. Who knows? This, jo- this is a joke, but you get what I'm saying. He has scrapbooks, Chad. How does he have a job still? <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. That's all I'm going to say. Stay tuned for more on that. Flyfish Hunter, jumping in. Appreciate you, my brother. Good to see you. And if you're on Twitter, connect with us. He says, hey, guys, keep up the great work. I liked what Peyton had to say today. Sounds like he clicked with everyone he met. I think he chills year one and gets the lay of the land. Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag let the stream breathe. Good to see you. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know a pretty apt way of putting it. He's going to turn over every stone to upgrade the roster where he can. But I think in terms of the big tectonic type decisions that get made that alter the course of a franchise – this is a kind of holding pattern here. This is a yes. let's see if the last vestiges of Elway's because because he said, I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from from Peyton here, but Peyton said today this is a young roster. We already we already talked about awaken the giant, right? Sleep, it's a sleeping giant. But he said today it's a young roster, and it's a it's a young roster that can develop quickly. So he believes that the the youth of this team can turn the corner quick. And, and so I think he's going to be more inclined because of that to kind of stay in place for the most part. But that's why for so many of these guys, especially Drew and, and Fangio as the head coach, it's this is a put up or shut up year because he's probably going to be inclined to give him that that holding pattern type opportunity. But there are no more mulligans. You know, that that's over. I mean, the sucky part for Fangio is that George Payton has a honeymoon. He has a mulligan. That's every, you know, coaches or GMs first season. And Fangio doesn't have any. I don't think he's going to chill necessarily, George Payton, but great term, Chad, holding pattern season. They're going to preserve the, the most and majority of continuity, and that's why I don't see in year one him going out and trading multiple firsts for Deshaun Watson or unloading Von Miller. Maybe in year two, when he's on the job, he has a lay of the land, he's more comfortable, he would make those blockbuster moves. But to come in and be the new GM, taking over for John Elway, grabbing that mantle, and to dismantle everything and make these reckless, as he says, maneuvers, I don't see it happening. I think anyone expecting these 
constant waves of blockbuster deals is is going to be sorely disappointed next couple months. Two more, and then we got to dip out. Patrick, excuse me, Patrick Doyle. A lot of first time super chatters tonight, Zach. This is so cool to see. And, yeah. and by the way, we crossed the nine thousand mark on uh, YouTube in terms of subscribers. Put a little thank you out there on the community uh, on YouTube. Welcome to all of our new listeners and members of this community. We appreciate each and every one of you. And to see the uh, support on Super Chat, so many first-timers. And it's not just today, like from Patrick and a few others tonight who said this is my first one, but we've seen it increasingly. And it's just, you know, it's very humbling to us. And and uh, we're grateful for you. And we thank you. He says, my first Super Chat, I want Marcus Mariota, a real dual threat. I know Zach won't like it, LOL. Hashtag go Broncos. Zach, your thoughts on Mariota? He he he, he kind of knows your take, but explain why you know you're not a fan of that. I just well, first of all, he got all this hype from one relief game he had for Derek Carr, where he looked you know he looked pretty good. But I just I don't want any more again reclamation projects. We we've been down this road before. We've been down it with Case Keenum. We've been down it with even Osweiler came back from Houston with Joe Flacco, either get a bona fide veteran quarterback, and Marcus Mariota is not bona fide, or draft an elite blue-chip quarterback and build that guy up. I don't want any half measures anymore, Chad. We've seen half measures for a half decade. No more of that. And and honestly, the second part of my answer is they don't have, and I hate to say this, they don't have the offensive coaches that the Raiders do. John Gruden is a much better offensive mind than Pat Shermer. So if you're expecting... Pat Shermer to unlock Mariota with those dual threat abilities like Gruden did, it, it, it wouldn't happen anyway. But the biggest reason why is he's he's what he is. He's a backup for a reason. He flamed out of Tennessee for a reason. And the Broncos were privy to that. The Broncos catalyzed that by, by forcing Tannehill into the game. I don't want him. I want one end of the spectrum or the other. I don't want to meet in the middle. I like that. No more half, uh, excuse me, no more half measures. That's, True Done words. With Done with it. Amen. Kenneth Booker, our last super of the night, and then we got to go. Who are our best and worst draft picks ever? And that's a good question, Kenneth, and I think you kind of have to go by era. But I'll tell you, you know, Maurice Claret, um, mm. there were some pretty bad Mike Shanahan first-round picks. Really? honest, towards the end there. Um, Jarvis Moss. Uh, Paxton, obviously, easy. And, again, as I kind of hinted at today – he was a buffoon, goofball giraffe, Paxton Lynch, but we don't know what he might have, could have become if he got the true, fully invested commitment from his team that he should have gotten as a first-round pick. He blew it when his time finally came, but he didn't get the best treatment in the league either, and that doesn't necessarily mean it would have made the difference because I think he was destined to bust, if I'm being frank. But uh, Paxton, as far as worst as well, um, I mean, in terms of recency, I'll throw Shane Ray in there as, yeah, a, as, as a bad pick. Um, you, you could, I think, really, Kenneth, you'd have to you'd have to break that down by uh, by era. But some of the best picks, man, there's there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. There's there. I mean, just in Elway's tenure alone, if we just keep it the last ten years, I mean, and remove some of the the, the first, second, third round guys. I mean, Elway found some real gems over his time. Matt Paradis in the sixth, Danny Trevathan in the sixth. Malik Jackson in the fifth, um, you know, even Will Parks in the sixth. I mean, Justin Simmons in the third. Alfonso Smith was a huge bust from the Josh McDaniels era because you traded up 
he gave up picks. But anyway, that's a that's a good question. But we got to move on. Josiah, last question here, Zach, and then we got to go. You answer this one, and we'll uh, we'll dip out. Appreciate you, Josiah. Another new name. I don't recognize Josiah. So, uh, how do you guys think about trying to get Deshaun Watson? So Josiah must not have been here early on in the in the stream. Must not have been here for last night. In a perfect world, who wouldn't want Deshaun Watson, right? Especially in comparison to Drew Locke, the bottom five stat quarterback last year. It just ain't going to happen, dudes. I don't see him leaving Houston. Now they're interviewing, as far as I know, the enemy. They're kind of trying to placate Deshaun Watson, as they should. Listen, of course, he's he's just entering his prime now. He's a top five quarterback, and that's the key word right there from flipping. Realistically, and realistically, a new Broncos GM, no matter who it was going to be, is not going to come in and his first order of business is going to give up so much draft capital and take up so much cap room by trading for Deshaun Watson. And what he said yesterday, aggressive but not reckless. He's mentioned the draft multiple times. That's been an earmark of a George Payton-led team in Minnesota, wherever he's been, is building from within, using resources for the draft. He's more likely to acquire draft picks than trade them away. Would I like to have Deshaun Watson? Like Chad said, who wouldn't? Top five elite quarterback. It's just, in Madden, it can work. In real life, it's not going to happen. Guys, we got to go. Thank you, Dylan, for that reminder. It helps us a lot, guys on YouTube and Facebook if you like the video. I mean, it just helps us out a ton. So thank you. You know, as I think about this, Kenneth's question really got me going. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, as far as good picks, some of the best picks, I mean, think about Ryan Clady and Eddie Royal, right, in the in the, in the the same draft class, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, here's Bobby at the uh, – yeah, Carl Mecklenburg back when there was a 12th round. I'm not sure who that is, the, the user – by the way, if you show up on screen as Facebook user, that means on Facebook you haven't given StreamYard permission to show your profile. So click that button, and we can actually see your name and profile. But last one, Pobby, appreciate that generosity, my my friend. And uh, I know that the guys are starting to get the uh, packages that you had sent out and that I shipped out to everybody. Really slow postal service for, I think, pretty obvious reasons coming out of the holidays and everything going on in government right now. So Everyone's starting to get their stuff, so look out for some uh, for some announcements there. But she says, hey, guys, just want to stop by, say hello, at work, can't stay. Zach, she's just so awesome. The princess of the pod for a reason. Thank you so much, Bobby, as always. All right, guys, thank you for another just fun as hell Mile High Mailbag for Zach and I. We appreciate each one of you. If we didn't get to your question or your topic Forgive us. We'll we'll do our best next time, and just keep coming back. You know, we we it's an open forum, as you guys know, pretty much every night. We like to still call our Thursdays the Mile High Mailbag, though, because it is tradition. Follow us though on Twitter. This is how you can keep the conversation going at Huddle Up Pod, all right, and then also at Mile High Huddle. My partner is at Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad N Jensen, and our producer at John K. Another great way, and in fact our preferred way of keeping the conversation going, head on over to milehighhuddle.com, comment on the articles, all right? For, there was a two-day window when we, when we transferred over to our new, uh, our new system where comments were down for a little a short term. But they're back, and it's a little bit different than our old comments. It's eventually going to revert back to the way it was, but for now, uh, it's super easy, though. You can log in to comment using your Facebook, your Google, boom, you're in, you comment. We want to hear your takes. We want to hear your comments. If Zach or myself or any of the guys write an article and you disagree with a take, we want to hear it. Or if you think we missed something in, in our observation or our view on a, on a particular topic, we want to hear it. So two ways, keep the conversation going, Twitter, 
and go over to milehighhuddle.com, start commenting on these articles. We want to see you there. We love seeing you there. But we're, we're done for the week. Zach and I will be back on Sunday. But before you and I return together on screen, on mic, Kelberman's Corner comes back Sunday at noon Mountain, 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our Facebook supporters only. So you might be one of the many, you know, 92 some odd thousand who like us and follow us on Facebook. But if you haven't become an official supporter, you will not get access to that show. So between now and then, do it right now at the bottom of your little comment screen on your on your phone is the green icon. Click that. You can sign up. Zach, I know you have something special cooked up for everybody. But again, I got to just scream it from the rooftops. YouTube, Twitter, um, Twitch, everybody, Facebook included. Go become a subscriber and official supporter on Facebook so you get access to that. We want to see you in that stream. And uh, I know at this time around, there's going to be an open forum for some questions toward the end. So get on in there. Hot takes that hold water. Zach, have a great weekend, bro. Sign us off. You too. And uh, I want to just say some of the best Broncos draft picks weren't draft picks. The eighth round, the undrafted guys. I think that's a good footnote to add in the Broncos draft history is the undrafted success they've had. But yes, be back Sunday afternoon with Kelberman's Corner. We did the GM last week, the coach, the GM search. I think this week we're going to take a more micro look at Peyton's uh, subordinates there. Anyone who has some criticisms about Fangio's assistants or his lieutenants, come join me. You won't be disappointed. We'll see you then that Sunday afternoon and then for the pod Sunday night. Thank you again, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 